1: The Dart Depot is proud to be partnering with SENZ to bring you the very best in darts. 180! Talking darts, this is At The Occy on SENZ.
2: Good everyone and welcome into the latest edition of At The Yocky with myself, Ben Francis, and Ben Rob. Coming up, we will discuss the opening two rounds of the DPNZ tour, which were won by the man sitting next to me. We'll also hear from Roby John Rodriguez, one of the three Rodriguez brothers. He talks about signing with New Zealand's very own Shot Darts. And very, very shortly, we will catch up with Andrew Gilding, the winner of the uh, 2023 UK Open. And that's the reason why we're playing Gold. It's not a song we'd usually play on at the hockey, but that's his walkout song. So we have to celebrate the man that... Has never won a PDC title up until now. Absolutely incredible, all that and much more. But before all that, let's welcome in my co-host. He's the big rig and his name is Ben Rob. Ben, welcome back, mate. How are you?
1: Good, mate. It's good to be back in the booth with you again.
2: Yeah, it's been. It's be, you miss, missed uh, the last show. It was pretty tough without you.
1: Yeah, I bet, mate. I, just not the same without me. Eh? No, it's not. <laughs> I, I did did
2: get the chance to chat with Raymond Smith, who of course you will know very well from playing in the Motor Super Series. So that was good, but boy. I'm delighted to have you back today.
1: <laughs> Cheers, mate. Good to be
2: back. But, uh, mate, you've been real busy, you know, family life and playing some absolutely incredible darts, which we'll touch on later. But we have to start off tonight's show with the big UK Open, where 158 players started, and then we were left with one as Andrew Gilding shocked the darting world as he beat Michael Van Gerwen 11-10 in the final to win his first PDC title.
0: 76. to be champion
2: who would have
0: thought it's the wrong side of the wire trouble 19 he needs and it's not there
2: 36 desperately
0: disappointed not to get a dart at least one at a double 102 10 for double 16 no not this time so many times he would have got that but not this time Gilding the chance tops for the title there it is Andrew Gilding at 52 has won a major title for the first time he just would not go away and Michael Van Gerwen can only applaud his opponent here because Andrew Gilding has produced the performance of his life
2: the performance of his life all right. Andrew Gilding, a fifty-two year old who's been playing on the PDC circuit for probably just over ten years, had never won a PDC title before. He'd played in finals, he'd reached the semifinals of the UK Open once before, where he actually did where he was knocked out by Michael Van Guren, but he goes one or two better, I should say, this time, and he wins it all. If you had said to you, mate, Ben that if Andrew Gilding was going to win the UK Open at the
1: start, you would have probably just laughed at me, right? Oh, I think anybody would have. (laughs) I mean, who would have have backed Andrew Gilding from the start? Jeez. Absolutely incredible. The the great
2: thing with the UK Open is that it's a tournament which is pretty much, it's a random draw, so every round you don't know who you're playing. And we will hear from Andrew Gilding very shortly, but I don't want to say he had a favourable draw, but he didn't have to come up against any massive names probably up until that final where he played Van Guren, while Van Guren probably had a bit of a tougher schedule. But what a way to kind of establish yourself. And I think this is the great thing. We look back at the last few years in the PDC. I think maybe last year is probably the, the one exception, but there were often quite different winners for all these titles. We saw Danny Knoppet win it last year. We've seen Nathan Aspinall win it in the last few years. Rob Cross, Michael Van Guren. Just Ross r- Smith. Ross Smith, you know. It's, how how good is it to see all, another different name winning a title?
1: Yeah, it, makes, it gives everyone confidence, I think. Um, that the, uh, the years of Phil Taylor dominating and then Michael Van Guren had his dominating reign uh, just gives everyone hope that, uh, you know, these top guys can be beaten. And, you know, credit to Andrew, uh, I, I, I knew of him. I knew enough of him to know that he was a decent dart player because you see him at the Grand, Grand Prix a couple of times and, and the UK Open, but... Mate, to get over it and uh, hit a 180 in the last leg and to have the nerve and, and you know, under that much pressure to pop off to win a, a major. The UK opens a major, right? Yeah, oh, as fast as a major?
2: Well, this is the tricky thing with darts because for me, the majors were the world champs, the match play the Grand Prix and the Grand Slam. But it seems like every televised event now yeah. is now
1: a quote-unquote major. So I've, I've, I think 158 players well, yeah. should be at class of major. I I,
2: I, get, I I find it really hard, though, because I, I hear major thrown around a lot more than I used to, and I'm kind of, you know, it's all the whole Premier League chat. Oh, this person's won a major, so he should be in. And it's like, well, I've never actually heard it called a major until you've it, just done it. it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this is true, this is true. But, I mean, to go through that field, uh, at 52 years old he hasn't even won a players tour. Yeah, yeah,
2: he's been in a couple of I think he's been in European tour finals, he might have been in a couple of players championship finals as well. But yeah, his first PDC televised final and wins it and 110,000 pounds in his back pocket.
1: And obviously the money's great, but that that's 110,000 ranking points. You know, that's a dollar for dollar for points. Nat, and you just saying that he's in the top twenty, maybe. Yeah, now? I
2: think I think he's twentieth in the world now with that money, and
1: that the, puts him in a whole lot more tournaments and a lot more opportunities,
2: or more TV events as well. Pretty much going, pretty much going to guarantee him if he's where he is. Pretty much every major TV event for the next two years, you're going to see Andrew Gilding in there,
1: yeah. and that was
2: just going to give you a chance to build more money to build, try to stay
1: up and build more confidence and build, and build more, you know, form. And, and those pressure moments, these, have, these are how these guys do it week in and week out. It's because they're constantly in those big games. Pretty I don't know. At all.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, just away from Andrew Gilding, there were quite a few faces, of course, there's like amateur qualifiers, and two of those qualifiers were only 16 years old. We had Luke Littler. Uh, and we had Thomas Banks, two 16-year-olds that, That's crazy. that played incredibly well. I think Thomas Banks got knocked out by Gerwin Price. He was playing him on the main stage. And Luke, uh, I think he went a bit further. but sixteen. 16- Adam,
1: <laughs> Adam Golas got him. Yeah,
2: but <laughs> 216 16 16-year-olds playing Mate. high-level darts, beating professionals in the process. Just awesome.
1: Right, I played that Luke Littler plenty of on, times you online. You played him online, yeah. So many times online. And the kid's got it. He's just got it. And you see... I've seen some highlight videos on Facebook with him playing in the UK Open and he's, he gets animated. He gets up for it. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of good players coming through. and Yeah, like we said, I talked about four Q-School restructuring is just going to get crazy because these 60-year-old kids are doing, you know, 95-plus averages. <laughs> you know, it's pretty crazy.
2: Oh, yeah, that makes me feel
1: awful. Can't even do that. <laughs> but we're going to
2: touch on what you did later. You know, 95 is just is just nothing to you. <laughs> but, uh Just immediately after the final, and I had no idea this was happening until literally it happened. I had the opportunity to talk to Andrew Gilding after his incredible win over Michael Van Guren, and this is what he had to say. Joining me right now is the new UK Open champion, Andrew Gilding. Andrew, how are you? Uh,
0: Rather happy with myself.
2: Now, if I'd asked you like before the tournament started and said to you that you would be the u k Open champion, and I always throw this in as well, saying that you would also be doing an interview on New Zealand radio, what would your thoughts have been
0: uh, Well, I think you were at my uh clairvoyant or something, but i, I wouldn't believe it. <laughs>
2: Now you've not long off the stage, and has has the kind of everything sunk in yet? I saw you up on the stage when all the confetti was coming down, and you almost yeah. were, seemed in a bit of quite disbelief, as in I can't believe I've actually done this.
0: Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, where has it come from? I, I suppose I've been playing a bit better just lately, but to win a major,
2: it's unbelievable. And was that final the toughest game you had gone through, or had there been a tougher game earlier? And when was the actually when was the stage that you started believing that I you know, I could I won this? Uh,
0: I never believe I'm going to win. Uh, I've had a reasonable draw. I've never had I, until I met met Michael. I mean, Martin's a good player, but Michael's a world class player. That's the first real
2: tough game, I suppose.
0: No disrespect to the others.
2: And looking ahead now, now you've got this title as the UK Open champion, where, where do you see this going for yourself?
0: I'm just going to keep plugging away, same, do the same things I always do. Uh, work hard, practice hard, and uh, just you know, take it as it come.
2: Does this change your goals at all for the whole year?
0: No, not really. Uh, I suppose it's put me in the top... Top thirty-two. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to change for me. Going to the Grand Slam—that's nice.
2: And, and and playing qualifying for a tournament like that, I guess no, that must be a really big achievement in your career. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's unbelievable. I thought my my pinnacle in my career was eight years ago when I played so well against Michael in the semi-final in the UK Open and lost.
2: Is, is it quite fitting though that you that you know you just say eight years and you eight years later that you you had to beat him to win the final?
0: Yes, that's just, that's a that's, uh, that's, that's a bit of synchronicity there or something. Um,
2: did you have any family in the crowd or did you have any any supporters there with you to be part of the moment?
0: I tell you, this year a lot of people were supporting and singing. Uh, there was a bunch of people I don't, I, I never met. I don't think. They were singing me all through the tournament, and uh, thanks to them.
2: Now, what's coming up now for Andrew Gilding? You know, what have you got on the schedule coming up?
0: Barnsley uh, next weekend for the Pro Tour. Just, just keep plugging away. Just do do the same as I'm doing. It seems to be
2: working. I you probably haven't had much chance to have a look at your phone yet, but there's going to be a bit of a, a trophy parade in in your little hometown.
0: Uh, well, the phone is buzzing. I'll tell you that much. There's a lot of messages coming through, not all good. <laughs> a lot of people commenting on my teeth, <laughs> uh, but lots of lots of good luck messages and well done. So I'm happy.
2: Now, awesome, Andrew. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate appreciate it, and congratulations, uh, massive achievement.
0: Thank you. You're very welcome.
2: Andrew Gilding, there after winning the UK Open final, we did a few interviews, and I was lucky enough to get the opportunity. To have a chat with him, a bit quiet, a bit shy, but I think he probably was still in a bit of shock after winning it. He literally, he got given the, the trophy up on stage, and all the confetti starts coming down, and he's almost just like, oh, what's oh.
1: that? <laughs> Captivating talker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more, I mean, more um, pretty uh, impressive is how did New Zealand radio, how did Ben Francis get that interview that short notice? Oh, like You got a name, mate. I, I, You're I blushing got, right I, now. Got,
2: I got contacts, mate. <laughs> I, I know people. No, I, literally, I, I had contacted about talking to the winner, and after the final, maybe about 20 minutes after the final, I get an email going like, oh, you can talk to him now
1: if you like, and I'm like, oh, okay, so... right, access, mate, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and it's it's fantastic, and I appreciate Andrew, you know, giving up his time, but... Look, this is going to be the start of something, as we touched on. He's literally going to be in every major TV event now for the next two years because of that prize money and where he sits in the rankings now. So look, this, he's going to be doing a lot more interviews, uh, and you say it's going to do a lot for his confidence as well. He said that he's getting more comfortable up on stage. Another thing he's touched on is his practice routine. Uh, he's trying to invest more in the practice. So it's very interesting times to see You know, when you get a guy that, kind of, don't want to say comes from nowhere because he, he is known, but yeah. a guy that is, this is literally going to change his life.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, uh, you watch his your routine, he's definitely a routine thrower, he has the same kind of motion, he steps into the side, he kind of has a weird kind of stance, but, a little it's, yeah, no, it's <laughs> very, it's very different, but so he's obviously created a system that makes him, you know, peak at the right times, and credit to him, and yeah, he jumped 16 places. Incredible. Speaking From 41st of, to 25th. Oh, That's 25th. crazy That's st- cool. That's cool, man. Do you know what else is cool? What's that? You're averaging 115. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone keeps telling me about it. Well, not bad, eh? Hey? <laughs> not bad. And if you don't know what
2: we mean, we're going to talk about that after the break here on At The Yockey. Proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot. Dart Starboards, lighting more. The Dart Depot. After the break, we're going to chat to Ben about his recent remarkable run at the two Dart Players New Zealand events that took place in Christchurch. 19 minutes past nine here on SNZ at the Yockey and I would be begging for mercy and I would be saying this man is dangerous if he threw 115 average against me. I remember he didn't throw 115 though but I remember when I did play him he did average his highest that day so <laughs> that must be some sort of serious threat but the man next to me Ben Robb, uh, wasn't wasn't the weekend just gone the weekend prior. The Dark Players New Zealand season got underway. Two yeah. events in Christchurch, and you came out on top of both. Yeah. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. How, how does it feel
1: to reaffirm your status as the number one player in New Zealand? Oh, it feels nice, mate. Um, wouldn't lie. Uh, when I walked in that room and I seen the, the the amount of talent in the room, definitely nervous. Definitely knew if I, if I didn't play my best, I'd be struggling to win that tournament. Uh, and, yeah, I just... To be to be to be fair, I, I put a lot of work in leading into that tournament. Uh, me and John Harring, we practice every day nearly, and I keep telling everybody he was hitting 110 averages against me the whole week. So I was used to someone throwing it at me, and then on the second day I, I got to play him, and, and then yeah, it just kind of came together, and yeah, had a crazy cool average, and it went, it went around a bit, and the PDC were talking about it and stuff, and that. So that's that's always cool. 115. Yeah, that's incredible. Cool, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've had higher. John's hit higher on me as well in practice and that. And um, yeah, it's just cool to be able to um, have Dark Connect. I think DPNZ did an amazing thing introducing that into the New Zealand scene um, just so we can show the world the, the kind of standard that we can play. I don't know the rest of the boys um, are more than capable of, of, of doing those type of things. And to be able to have a system where we can show the world what we can do. Oh, I'm stoked for it. And I think going forward from here, I think a lot of players will get a lot of confidence looking back at their own games.
2: I might have averaged 115 in a leg once, but in the <laughs> middle of a game, when that's your average across the whole game, is there a particular feeling? You're feeling like you just know that you're, you're, you're just your timing, just everything just seems to be going right. Like, Can you just talk us a bit about that feeling in that moment when you're playing so well?
1: Yeah, uh, it's pretty much just not thinking about what's going on just throwing every dart as accurately as I can and I guess uh the way I, the way John was practicing against me that week leading into it I was just anticipating him coming at me like that so I had this overwhelming feeling that if I don't do it first he's gonna do it to me do it to me so I just kind of just got stuck into it and um yeah it just kept happening he kept hitting high schools I hit high schools back he had a 12 data, I think I won that game five one he had a 12 data, and he was on a double most legs when I was, when I was pegging, so I was under the pump, so you know credit to to John as well like I threw a lot at him and he didn't buckle and he motivated me to play that way and i I was just in the zone. Just in
2: was the overall standard compared to previous years any better in terms of the other guys who are on the on the cusp in that top 16 you know Warren hopi all those guys were their standards better as well so that kind of encouraged you to try to lift your game a bit as well yeah oh, I
1: think um, I played Warren in the uh, Canterbury Classic two weeks before that and uh he threw vintage was there at me <laughs> he threw amazing he I was on I wasn't a nine data at one point, and then he put, he was right on on my heels the whole game, and I made two mistakes. He punished both of them, and he won and he won the game. So I knew everybody is playing well. I think I think the way that the boys have played on TV coming through, I think you know Hope, Speeding, Johnny, myself, being Simon, and, and and obviously outstanding getting higher. You know I was just anticipating everybody coming in to play well. I think um, Darren Dumigan, uh, he won the South Finals just in the weekend. Uh, you can see the hunger in his his, his eyes. So there's, there's a bunch of guys coming through that are just probably seeing what we've done, thinking they can do the same and lifting the standard. And now with dark Connect, there's you, no hiding. So you can't say you play an amazing ray-ray-rah because we can just pull up our phones and go, hey, mate, you average 72 or whatever, you know. So the best part is guys can see where they're at. Over a whole tournament and having the numbers there, and they speak for themselves. I I felt like all my numbers across the board were were, were real high. And, you know, one forties, one eighties, one hundreds. Finishing everything was was, was top notch.
2: It's added a little bit of extra pressure though because I'm not comparing myself to you. But <laughs> like I'll, I'll practice at home and you you throw oh yeah, no that that's decent. I'm I'm happy with that for myself. But then I'll go to a, a club night where they keep track of averages, and it'll be a significantly less. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I'm embarrassed. I, I literally just want to walk out covering my face because I, I feel that bad. So does that? do you feel that having those scores available, though, does that feel like that puts more pressure on you?
1: Nah, not at all. I, th- I feel like I just want to see how I'm playing. Uh, and when I'm in a tournament, especially DPNZ, it's my favourite tournament. It's just long format. It's, uh, I feel like it's a fair game of darts. Longer, The longer the format, the better. You beat me in a long format, you just you just play better than me. But when you, you know, like you can look through a whole day, I could have had one bad game, and I look at my numbers, and I know I'm on track to where I want to be, and I feel like that's where all the boys should be. They should be going through that connect. There's so much information you can really look at, so many stats, and you can kind of really see where you're at, and then you can compare yourself to where you want to be, so... If you want to be, you know, like myself or like hopes and and wasn't doing what we've done, you you need to be at that consistent level. And you you know everyone can play an amazing one game and like you said an amazing one leg, and you can refer to that one leg. And you know I've got it, I can hit 11 data, but over a whole tournament to hit, I think you know like myself like I nearly hit 51 80s, like two I don't 100 and something 140s like. That's what you need to do, and I'm not trying to be like this is what I'm the man. I, <laughs> I can do this. That. You know what <laughs> I mean? But like, when I go to the PDC, that standard is as another another oh, step totally. up. Yeah. But then I can I can go look at the UK Open and look at their numbers and then look at my numbers and go, you know what? Like, I'm not far off, and that's the best part. And the boys, you know, with Dark Connect, I feel like that's just gonna close the gap for everybody because you can go back home, work, come back to a tournament, see your numbers. All right, the, the practice that I'm doing, the the work I'm putting in before the tournaments, is it paying off? What do I need? What do I need to change? Do I need to approach the game differently? All of that, and I feel like um, a good mate, John Harry. I, I think he's gonna have a great year. I think he's working hard, and I feel like his numbers are stacking up with everybody else's. And he's just, yeah, it's just guys like that, tokes Hopes. It's just, yeah, seeing their numbers and seeing how close they are and all that. It's just. Yeah, it makes me hungry because I want to hold the spot. Like, in like, was I held the spot? Hopes held the spot. I want to hold the spot, and I, I want the pressure, and you I want I the want, throne. I want the throne, mate. Of course, mate. Like, we all work hard, and we all throw good darts, and and that, and yeah. I just I want to hold that throne. I want to, and then I want to get to the bigger spots, and then and then represent well.
2: And, uh, of course, over the week just gone, they've had the, a, a massive clubs tournament with a whole lot of clubs all around New Zealand playing North Island tournament, South Island tournament. Can you just tell us a bit about that
1: and what took place? Yeah, it's a charter club, so clubs across New Zealand. Uh, it was the first um, kind of map out for the year, pretty much. Uh, the North Islands were in Pukukaui and the uh, South Islands were in Hornby in Christchurch. So, um, yeah, I think Darren Dunmigan beat John Harry in the final there. And up in the North Islands, Dion Tookie beat me in the final and uh the North Islands. But um it's just cool. Uh this is where the game starts. Uh it starts in the pubs, but that's your first introduction to tournaments, is is through yeah. Charter Clubs and uh they do a well, a good tournament, double start, lots Ooh. of pressure. Double start's so hard and you know, it puts pressure on you and teaches you to deal with it. But um yeah, it was a well run tournament. First time I played in the North Islands, I've always been a South Island guy and to be a Muxer was was pretty fun. I was getting a bit of stick being a South Island boy, playing the North Islanders, But um yeah, I'm how I remember now and um yeah, it was cool to represent my club. And I feel like a lot of players uh that play in that tournament like to represent their clubs.
2: But it was also down to like like youth tournaments as well, boys, girls where there were mixed pairs as well.
1: Yeah, mixed, yeah. Uh, I think in nationals they even do husband and wife as well. Um but yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. It's 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 the pathway. Chartered Clubs, you know, Pathway, this is like a level, like charter Clubs, New Zealand Dark Council, and then DPNZ if you want to go the TV route. So, yeah, it all starts pretty much with Chartered Clubs and introduction to, to meeting the faces. That's where I met, you know, Warren Parry and, and all those guys that I watched on TV, Rob Zabo and, and all that. And, yeah, it gets you close to the action and, and you get to see how the big guys play that.
2: One thing I'm very curious to know is the standard of the young players coming through. Yeah, is it getting is it getting a lot better?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's even like you know someone like Jack Shepard, um, the way he promotes the game himself with his little YouTube channel, the <laughs> Dark Kid, you know, it out the Dark Kid. But um, yeah, he's just showing that people that you know, you, if you work hard and you get amongst it, there's no reason why you can't be at the you know amongst the top in the country. I think he finished fifth in New Zealand at one point. um, But, yeah, I think we had an 18-year-old girl win the women's singles in North Island. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, with Nicole Reno in that tournament as well, and there's some big names in there. And she walked away with the title. It just shows that, you know, We've got a lot of new faces coming through, and young too.
2: That's what we like to hear. We like to hear that depth and uh, darts New Zealand get uh, much better. We are 29 minutes past nine here on SENZ at the Oki. The Dart Depot is your one-stop shop for all things darts and queue. Visit thedartdepot.co.nz. Coming up after the break, we are going to hear from a top player in Austria, Roby John Rodriguez. Recently, he signed with New Zealand darts manufacturer Shot Darts. We're going to talk a bit about that journey and a bit about his career as well. That's coming up after the break here on At the Yockey. Twenty-six minutes away from ten here on SCNZ At the Yockey. Proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot, darts, dartboards, lighting, and more. The Dart Depot. Now on At the Yockey, we are going to catch up with, or oh, I should say, prior to the UK Open, I had the chance to speak to Austrian darts star. Roby John Rodriguez now last month Roby John signed with Shot Darts who are a New Zealand manufacturer based in Katikati so getting a top player to sign with a Kiwi company is pretty cool now I had the good chance to chat with him and I started off by asking him about the reason for him signing with Shot
3: I've, I've heard some uh, good stories on tour and, um, and I, I also saw the, the, the products of, of Shot Darts and I was really happy that um, they wanted me as well so, um, yeah, the, the cooperation was uh, really nice.
2: Can you talk us through the design of your darts? What did you want with the new set? Um, I
3: wanted, um, I, I always say, um, give me some chopsticks, I can play darts with them. And uh, give me give me good darts, I'm going to win titles. And yeah. Uh, now I've I've got them. I feel them, um, and that's what I think.
2: And how do you think that will improve your game?
3: It is. Um, I had a really good year last year. Um, it was just um, certain things that um, was 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 missing to, to win to win titles. And um, with these darts, I really feel comfortable. Uh, the team behind shot is uh, really helping me out every single week. Um, I give them information how it went um, every single week and uh, they straight answer me. And uh, that is, in my opinion, a, a good a good team behind that. And I need that background as well because uh, not everything is on the dartboard. Um, I need a team behind me and I, I definitely got that with, with, the, with the Shot team.
2: What was the process like working with Shot on your new dart range? It was uh, very easy, even if I'm a little bit complicated.
3: Um because I, I want everything specific, and uh, I want certain things like I really wanted. And, and they never said, no, we can't do that, we can't do this. Uh, they straight said, oh, that's a nice idea. Um, of course, they, they put uh, some um, inf- uh, some, um, some ideas into it as well. But um, end of the day, uh, it was it was really much um, what I wanted, and they just did it. And that was uh, from, from beginning on.
2: And how long did it take for you from when the process began to get the darts perfect to how you wanted them to be? Oh, it
3: wasn't it wasn't that much, uh, long because, um, like I said, I'm, I'm. It was the first uh, prototype was already very very good, and uh, there was just small small things that I wanted to change. And uh, in in, a, in between few weeks, I got the new uh, prototype, and um, yeah, I think it was the second of. Maximum the third prototype. Um, um, what I got, I said, okay, this is it, and uh, we just said, okay. Uh, with with me, it's uh, the, the 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 hardest thing was the points, and uh, I think we found one now um, where I'm where I'm also um, happy with, and uh, that's that's very very easy. It was the, the process was very easy for myself because I just texted them, okay, this and that I want to change and. After the weekend in England, uh, um, I got it at home already.
2: And I know you represent Austria, but the name and the design reflect your roots in the Philippines. How important is this to you? Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, because both of my parents are uh, from the Philippines and uh, Asia is growing and uh, Philippines is, is is doing very, very good in the Asian tour. And I also know that uh, i got many fans over there, uh, many young people starting to play um and i just wanted to uh, to give them something back because i am um, like i said i think i think philippine philippine darts is, is growing and that's why i wanted to do to give them something back so they um yeah they have something even if i am in austria uh, but i still um feel like i'm philippine as well
2: and shot darts is based in new zealand do you know much about the country and is it somewhere you'd like to visit one day uh
3: about the country, I don't know much except the the dance, but that is from the World Cup I know. And uh, but it is definitely a, a country where I want to visit, uh, which I want to visit. And uh, yeah, well, if if there's time and uh, for me and uh, my family, I want definitely to visit uh, New Zealand. Do you know much about darts in New Zealand? Not much, but I just know a few players. Um, my little brother played one uh, against Ben in the in the World Championship. I know Warren Perry for a long time. He's he's on the darts very long, um. Yeah, but I don't know much
2: about New Zealand darts to be fair. And during your career, you've had some really big achievements. But what would you say is the biggest one so far? In the biggest
3: one, have to be that the World Cup of Darts with uh, partnering Mensa Sulovic. Uh, to get to the final uh, just missing out to to win that but uh, that is definitely uh, for me and as a person uh, thing but as a single player it was uh, last year that the European tour final Um, I would even count that one in front of the word you final Um, because I I was I'm grown up now and I, I, I feel like a
2: full pro now and I want to I want to be one of the best and how important is your family to you? I know you have a young daughter, and often talk about wanting to do well for her. Yeah, she she just walked in, <laughs> but um, yeah,
3: it is very important for myself. Like I already said, um, it's not about darts only; it's about the background, uh, about the family, about the, the the people behind the darts. And my family is definitely behind me all the time. Um, my my girlfriend have to take care about uh, of her while I'm away, so uh, she she's she's doing great great things for me so i can achieve my goals so yeah it is it is definitely a big
2: thing for me can you tell me what is the most rewarding part of being a professional dart player
3: in the beginning to be fair it was just uh, i was happy to to earn or live my life uh, out of darts so it's it's like uh I'm ha- i was happy to do the hobby as a job um but now at the moment it is i know i'm a professional dart player already and uh it took me a few years to to clarify that, so, so to feel it myself as a professional athlete, That is your job, and uh, it definitely changed the last couple of years because uh, I'm a dad now and I have to, have to take care of, uh, of of the family. Um, but the the most rewarding is definitely being on TV, being on on stage. Being being recognized uh, from people and um, yeah, that is that is I'm a I'm a stage guy. I love playing on stage and uh, that that is what I what I love.
2: And now that you're part of the shot darts tribe, the people would love to know what does Roby John like doing away from the dartboard. <laughs> um, probably,
3: as you can see, I'm I'm, I'm a gamer. i playing computer stuff. Um, I like playing bowling. As a I play bowling. For uh, many years before before i played darts um yeah but uh it's not much time in between the tournaments so uh in between tournaments or weekends i, I rather uh spend the time with the family so to to calm down and relax yeah that's it, that's it
2: what what's your best score in bowling
3: i i scored two times to 300 so uh, it, that is a ma- the maximum in bowling
2: <laughs> oh mate that, that that is awesome that is so cool <laughs> oh, that's such a cool achievement uh, but robie john rodriguez thank you so much thank you very much for having me that there Roby john rodriguez and you can purchase his new darts from the dart depot darts dartboards lighting and more the dart depot and if you want to hear an extended version of that chat and also in video we could see my lovely face then head along to the shot darts youtube <laughs> page mate you got a mention in there
1: yeah And how cool, Warren Perry. Hey, everyone always knows Warren
2: Perry. It's incredible. You you talk to some of the guys. I remember interviewing Barney for the first time, and he's like, I remember playing Warren in, like, 1995 in Cape Town, I think it was, and you're thinking, like,
1: that was before I was born. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so cool that, like, the guys put so much time into the game and, you know, Rusty, oh, sorry, um, Roby John. Knows, knows him in New Zealand darts. It's it's, just, it's so cool. I think it's such a credit to Warren.
2: You're almost reminiscing there on that tough night at Ali Pali. Yeah, tough night.
1: i will get better. i getting
2: better. Well, we like here. We are coming up to 16 minutes away from 10 here on At The Yockey. We'll wrap the show up after the break. 12 minutes away from 10 here on SENZ at the hockey, Ben Francis and Ben Rob with you. The show is brought to you by the Dart Depot. Darts, dartboards, lighting and more. The Dart Depot. Now Ben, we're looking ahead at the schedule Oof. on Friday New Zealand time. We've got the, is it oh, night 7 I believe, it, or night 6 sorry of the Premier League which is in Liverpool. Michael Van Gerwen going for a three-peat. A bit, the Premier League's been quite interesting this year because five nights in Yep, Peter Wright has yet to get a win.
1: Zero points, and then also uh, Chris Doby after winning the Masters. Yeah, he's just dropped. He won the Premier League and hasn't won a game since. So it's tough all the way around for all those boys. Yeah, Michael like, Smith has he won one yet? No, I don't think he's won one.
2: Oh, I've, I've lost track. it. There's literally diff- it was different winners every week up until. Van Gerwen did the double yeah. but I, I, for me it's more interesting that a guy like Peter Wright has not won at all but I've heard him say during the UK Open that's just gone that he said he's still trying to find a good set of darts that suits him which is incredible
1: Oh two time world champion I think if you go back to those rainbow coloured ones those long ones that he had just stick with him he's just it's like he wants to prove that he can do it with anything almost it's, 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 it's like a very
2: psychological, because I remember when I first started playing darts, I, I wasn't necessarily changing the dart. For me, it was the flights. Yeah. And I was like, if these are just not working, I'll just change my, like, stems and flights.
1: But when Peter does it, he changes everything. He does. It's like it's a different length. It's a different shaped barrel. It's a different size stem with a different flight. If, it's if, like, if, if, when, when, if he
2: comes here for the New Zealand Darts Masters, I'll say, mate, how many packs, sets of darts did you got have a
1: briefcase let have a briefcase. Or, or, or
2: do you think, or do you think that if Peter Wright having to rock up to Andy at the dart depot, Andy would just give him a set? Of course, <laughs> of or, or course would he say, would. What you say? No, mate, you you, know, you got to pay for these. You're a customer like, every, like everyone else.
1: I reckon just sign the board or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he must have that kind of perk. Well, remember when Barney forgot his darts at uh, the Premier League? And he just went to the shop at the front of the at the front of the sh- the whole tournament the the venue and said, "Can I have one of those?" And the guy <laughs> goes, "Yeah, of course, Shabani. He Gave him a set of his own darts, and he rocked up and played.
2: Do you, Do you remember the the video? I think it was in 2019. It was the first time in Hamilton with the Michael Van Goen prank. Did you see that? The rebel sport,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. I don't think Peter Wright could get it. Oh, maybe. Well, because when, pa- when he's not suiting Buddha today, he's not, he doesn't have that typical mohawk thing going on. But I also don't know if you can
2: rock into the... I don't know if there's, like, a, a dartboard with his face on it, so that might be a bit tricky. But uh, oh, that video, if you haven't seen it, absolutely hilarious. I remember they, they said they went back to the shop to give the, the poor girl some tickets, but she wasn't there, so... Yeah, it went around the world. <laughs> it was. pretty it was, funny. It was, it was absolutely hilarious. And I remember talking to John McDonald, who videoed it, about it. And they said they were in the shop earlier, and they said they saw it. And they're like, oh, this is, you know, this is what we'll do. So they, they went
1: back. It brought them in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Michael was there as well, but they thought, oh, we'll come back later, and then we'll do it.
1: Yeah, hey, it was an iconic video for um, for New Zealand on that Royal Series. The yeah. whole world went, kind of like 200,000 views or something. Yeah, incredible.
2: Absolutely incredible. But on top of the Premier League as well, uh, we're going to have, well, there's lots of tours going on around the world, but we've got Players' Championship events on again this week. And there's been different winners every Players' Championship this year again, which kind of speaks to the the depth currently in darts. And it's very hard to pick winners at these now. Instead of, we've had Ryan Sewell, we've had Danny Knoppet, we've had... Uh, Dirk van Dydenboat and we had Kim Hybricks as well so we had multiple different winners on, on these on these tours so far
1: yeah with high averages across the board this guy's just smacking it Ryan Searle man he was back he was firing my bro Damo is kind of a bit quiet for the start of this year I think he's due he's just got to start firing up I think that even you know the big name Josh Rock from last year he was all firing smoking guns and now he's coming to this this year, and maybe a bit bit of expectation on his shoulders, and you know, this is the things that we the, the storylines we all want to kind of follow. And
2: well, you it's interesting. Well, of course he was known, but he comes in with not that well known. And then after a solid year, I think people probably take him a bit more seriously. Like they're like, oh, we know what you're capable of, and we know that we have to lift our game against you.
1: Yeah, and and you know, and this you know, there's some like you know veteran DAR players that have been playing a long time and never really got that attention that. You know, the new kid on on the block got straight away. So it's a bit of from from, from the older players, a bit of you know, you want that kind of attention, and you know, it comes comes with this territory and I think he's get he's getting everyone's best game and, and obviously in the back room be a lot of pressure for him. And the other thing which has
2: happened in the last couple of weeks as well, the women's series in the PDC's back and your fellow one eighty teammate Bo Greaves winning three of the four women's events.
1: Yeah and what, did she get, like, 70 or 80 wins in a row or something crazy? And it came to an end. And she had, she had match darts, too. She had a, she had a crack. But, mate, um, hey, great storyline for both. She's just throwing unbelievable, throwing big numbers, big finishes. and She's, well, she's going to grow the women's game.
2: Well, I think the most impressive thing about the first four women's series is that Fallon Sherrock and Lisa Ashton, who have been the staples in the women's darts for many years, were kind of nowhere to be seen.
1: It's crazy, right? Big names, same thing We just talk about Josh Rock, it's, you know, these attentions with these these young new faces coming through and they're hungry and they don't care who you are, what your name is and what you've done. And now with Bo doing what she's doing, she's she's the standard. If you're not doing what she's doing, you just gotta get out of the way. Makuru Suzuki is I've seen her play live in Korea and um, she's definitely got it. It's just if, if she can get if she get her flow on. Bo yeah. just throw so so fast, so quick. So entertaining, incredible! And uh, what's coming up on the schedule for you, mate? Uh, I've got two weeks off darts. Oh, mate, no darts for two weeks. Uh, I've got a baby due soon, bro. So that's that, that's taking the priority for me, and yeah, getting the household ready for for a new baby, for a new <laughs> little baby Rob in the house, and mate, my kids are looking forward to meeting this little one. Ben, and Ben, ben Junior, maybe can't really. That's, BJ, mate, you can't really have the kid's name BJ, <laughs> mate. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, up to you, but hey, I, I don't want my kid having that name. But well, neither um, do I, but you seem the kind of person that would. Yeah, I'd probably break it up, say something in the middle, like a BMJ, so it doesn't really flow like how it should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Jesus. Yeah, what no a darts, in the bro. Show. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta have a break from darts. Totally. And just um, remember why you play. That's what I'm about at the moment, is just um, spend some time with the kids and. My wife to be and get a plan our wedding and all the family little good good stuff that you get to have behind the game and yeah remind myself why I do it.
2: Well, mate, you're a busy man, so we appreciate you coming in once again, and uh we'll hope might see you in a couple of weeks. We might not.
1: Oh yeah, mate. Um even, I'll be on the phone, mate. Oh, okay. Baby screaming in the background, oh. nappy in the hand. <laughs> All that, <laughs> oh,
2: oh, brilliant! Uh, this has been at the Yocky here on SCNZ. We'll be back in two weeks. The show is proudly brought to you by the Dart Depot: darts, dartboards, lighting, and more. The Dart Depot coming up after the break here on SCNZ. It is First Serve, the tennis show coming out of Melbourne.